Welcome to Next in Health podcast. I'm Jenny Colapetro, PwC's Vice Chair for Health Industries, working across pharmaceuticals, medtech, payers, and providers. And I'm Igor Belakronitsky, a principal with PwC Strategy and where I help leading health organizations with their strategies and operating models. And our podcast is called Next in Health. Next in Health is all about innovation. Today, that is our topic. And we are here with Andy Ogrens, who is a director with PwC Strategy End. And he specializes in innovation strategies, innovation acceleration, and innovation efficiency. So thanks for joining us. Welcome, Andy. Thanks for having me. So this is a timely conversation. And as we've published our outlook for both pharma life sciences as well as for medical devices for 2023, we called out the importance of innovation for pharma and medical device companies as they face the market. But it wasn't just the need to drive innovation, but also the need to manage the margin pressure, to demonstrate value, to pick a clear strategy and the capabilities that support that strategy. And so all of those themes kind of come together. And in this context, we've been talking to Andy and hearing about some of the research that he's been doing on these topics across a whole bunch of different industries, including health industries. And so excited to have him with us. And Andy, perhaps you could share with us some of the findings from your research. My pleasure. Actually, in our PwC strategy and uh, past studies on innovation, as well as in our upcoming study, Innovation in the Budget, the most surprising thing is and continues to be is organizations spend increasingly more and more on R&D. Innovation spend continues to be weakly correlated with innovation output. Since 2006, and almost continuously as we looked back, top R&D spending industries upped their annual expenditure on R&D from around $120 billion in 2006 to over $330 billion in 2022. And those industries are health industries, software and internet, uh, electronics and semiconductor, and automotive. And in the United States, these industries increased their R&D spend from about 8% of revenue to over 11 on average. And yet, our studies continue to show that there is no correlation between R&D spend and typical performance metrics one would use for enterprises like revenue growth, margins, total shareholder return, and similar. And furthermore, R&D spending tends to have a strong inertia, meaning that when revenue declines, R&D spending tends to be difficult to reduce quickly. At least many organizations struggle with this, and it tends to be a major drag on margins in today's economic climate. Andy, this is indeed surprising and an interesting insight to hear that simply pulling the spending lever doesn't generate more performance and more innovation. And so for organizations in healthcare that are looking to be more innovative, what other levers can they pull above and beyond just the spending? Absolutely. Just reducing spending is likely to lead to situations where structural levers and structural factors, which really lead to better innovation, are actually unaddressed and you end up with fewer resources, but still the same problem. And we see that there are structural themes and cyclical themes that need to be considered. When it comes to cyclical themes, considering where we are, it is really imperative to step back and reassess 
what has really profoundly changed in the market, in the industry ecosystem and beyond, and what will likely change and what will probably stay the same. And this statement is more complex to execute than it sounds, in a sense that one should really consider which technologies are evolving, what is increasingly relevant or less relevant for clients, what are competitors and other partners up to, but also what are perhaps farther afield developments in technology that uh, could be a leverage, but could also be a threat. And most companies will need to have strategies ready for different scenarios, not just one single strategy, but uh, some no regret moves and some strategies up their sleeve to execute depending on how circumstances change. Structurally, we see that to achieve a great return on R&D investment, there is really a need to have a very clear alignment between an organization's overall strategy and innovation strategy. What does that mean, really? How is an organization's innovation engine tuned, and how does that link with how to deliver value to the customer, meaning which products, which customer segments to address, is extremely important. Uh, Sometimes we see that an organization would like to become more innovative and address new opportunities, but it is really not ready to do so. For example, the way sales is compensated, the way R&D is running its projects, the way the skills that the R&D organization possesses and what the supply chain can deliver is perhaps not fully aligned for new innovation. And the second structural factor I'd like to highlight is really the need to balance creativity on the front end of the innovation funnel and discipline on the back end of the innovation funnel. This is also uh, easier said than done. It's solved by practices, but also KPIs to keep yourself honest on whether you are really have a wide funnel and creative funnel at the beginning and discipline in the back. Um, Many companies and organizations tend to have not a funnel, but a tunnel. So whatever comes in tends to come out perhaps later than one would have expected. So Andy, this is really useful guidance. And just to recap, you've talked about not being deterministic, but instead recognizing that multiple scenarios are possible going forward from the industry and the competition perspective, ensuring that you're driving both creativity as well as discipline, and finally aligning the innovation strategy to the overall enterprise strategy, which is a really critical point, and it connects well, again, to the perspectives that we've been publishing on the future of pharma and the future of medical device industries. In particular, we've been talking about what we think of as different ways to play or ways to compete in those industries, and they include things like being a digital innovator, reinventing the consumer and the patient experience, reinventing the value for the customers, both B2B as well as B2C. So certainly, as organizations clarify what their overall enterprise strategies and ways to compete are, that will have serious implications around their innovation priorities. Andy, based on what you've outlined in terms of the key themes, are there any other critical findings that organizations should be considering when driving this new approach to innovation? 
Yes, indeed. There are several other interesting findings where many organizations today tend to borrow from the more digital heavy sectors, such as software, but not only, where they try to, first of all, design the organization, the product and the innovation process to be as modular as possible. The need to have continuous alignment between multiple organizations and teams tends to slow down the innovation process significantly. And shaping teams that are as small as they can possibly be and still deliver outcomes is very, very important. And uh, many sectors and industries, aside from software, are attempting to do exactly that. The other factor is enabling those teams to see what the consequences of their design intent is as early as possible to have customer feedback as early as possible. And if customer feedback directly is not possible, then rapid testing and simulation is extremely important. And as organizations, even startups and scale-ups become more complex and large, this modularity and the need to retain modularity is often neglected. And this is where you know, R&D spending to get the same amount of products or services out can get really out of control. Andy, those are helpful insights and seems to be all about making innovation faster through this modularity and agility, as well as potentially de-risking it through better feedback loop and simulations that you're describing. And we are seeing life sciences organizations and medical device organizations incorporating more digital technologies into how they innovate. So for example, we've talked a lot about virtual clinical trials. What are some of the other ways that digital methodologies and tools and algorithms can be used by health organizations to drive their innovation? Yes, that's a great question. What does come up for us as an overarching theme is the need to really focus on test excellence. In some software-related fields, this comes up in different themes. For example, platform engineering, as there's a rising trend to call working on your test and deployment infrastructure as platform engineering. And that overarching theme is really all about thinking about how you're going to test your product ahead of starting development on the product. We have seen many, many cases where development of certain products was delayed several times and has cost up for 10 times more than originally expected because how one would use this test infrastructure, whether it's virtual clinical trials, using federated learning, quantum computing perhaps to simulate outcomes is a great technology But the key is really data, getting access to data that is clean, usable, and that contains information that you really need for design. And if it doesn't, then that effort may be for nothing. Andy, as we wrap up here, can you just share something that our listeners, our leaders and organizations can do tomorrow to kickstart this new approach to innovation? Yes, a good start would be to take a good hard look at how an organization is solving its key customer patient needs today and how it will likely be solving them tomorrow. 
and then really reassess whether the innovation engine is really set up for that today and how it needs to change for tomorrow. And some very specific next steps could be decontenting or canceling some of the existing projects and then being really disciplined about not necessarily investing at all in other new projects or products, but also investing into better calibrated product pipelines and into R&D infrastructure that enables faster innovation. Andy, thanks so much for joining us today. We appreciate all this insight on innovation. Thank you. Thanks, Andy. And looking forward to the future with more digital mice, with a situation where the best innovations come not just from organizations who spend the most, but instead from organizations that have achieved better alignment with their strategy, have taken better advantage of the digital tools, and as a result, have become faster, more agile, while also reducing risk. For more on these topics and other health industry insights driven by policy, innovation, and care delivery changes, please subscribe to our podcast and also be sure to listen to the older episodes that are still very relevant. Until next time, this has been Next in Health. This podcast is brought to you by PwC All Rights Reserved. PwC refers to the U.S. member firm or one of its subsidiaries or affiliates and may sometimes refer to the PwC network. Each member firm is a separate legal entity. Please see www.pwc.com structure for further details. This podcast is for general information purposes only and should not be used as a substitute for consultation with professional advisors.